It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, as I was putting the show together today, I thought, hmm, you know, I was looking up the research on memory problems and Alzheimer's disease. I was also flipping through my own brain to remember clients that I have helped to restore their memory. And honestly, I came up with quite a few. I also knew that Wendy Cates Dancer would be the perfect co-host for this show. Wendy, as a registered nurse, took care of many, many patients with Alzheimer's disease in her past life as a nurse. Past life, yes. (laughs) Before she became a nutrition counselor and educator. So welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you. You know what? We're off to a pretty good start because we we both remembered... And we got our way here through all of the maze out there. Yes. With the detours and everything. So that takes a good brain to do that, right? It does. But, Dar, you know that um, I love this topic. It's near and dear to my heart. And I spent many, many years um, taking care of people with memory problems, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and their families. So it's just great now to be on the other end of things preventing Alzheimer's, helping people that have dementia, you know, even regain some of that uh, brain function, which yes. we which we can do, and we see that, don't we? We do. Fascinating to me. So, granted, I'm no longer a charge nurse than an Alzheimer's unit, but I still help lots of clients with memory and problems. And we certainly do, yes. About 50% of our clients complain about not being able to remember as well as they could in the past. And we're not talking about 70, 80-year-olds, are we? Oh, no. We're we have some 20 and 30-year-olds that, exactly. that are struggling. Exactly, 30, 40 a lot of people with memory problems. Exactly. Yes. So a question that is often asked is, what can I do to help my memory and to make sure I am maintaining brain, healthy brain tissue? Exactly. We need to have healthy brain tissue, don't we? So one very simple thing is just go and get some coconut oil. Uh, We found a study from the Journal of Internal Medicine 2010, and this study found that coconut oil, high in saturated fats, yes, I said saturated fat, was very protective against mitochondrial dysfunction. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mitochondria are the little kidney beans in our cells that create our energy. They look like kidney beans. They look like kidney beans. And they create our energy, and we wouldn't be able to think without them. Well, you found that study. So you're talking... Coconut oil. Coconut oil. Coconut oil protected the cells so that the cells continue to create and have energy. So I found another study that was reported in the American or in the American Journal of Cardiology. And it actually showed that men that had higher HDL cholesterol, you know, that's more of the protective cholesterol. Right. Was it was also protected them against Alzheimer's disease. And this is a recent study. But the interesting thing is one of the things that the study said, too, was how do you make higher HDL? You use saturated fat like 
coconut oil is right. one of the ways. Right. Of course, we know that exercise also helps to bring HDL cholesterol higher. Absolutely. So low fat is not a good idea. Definitely not a good idea. Not for your brain, because we know that our brain is 60% fat. Exactly. So why would you eat low fat and starve your brain? Not a good idea. Not a good idea. I like that phrase. Not a good idea. That's going to (laughs) come up again in the show. Not a good idea. (laughs) You know, the fact is, as you lose brain tissue, you lose your memory and your ability to think rationally. We know Alzheimer's disease is clearly a brain disease. Yes. I don't know if if most people even know that. Um, so really, no. we have a... Um, go ahead, Wendy. Oh, well, the thing is, Dar, a lot of people think it's a natural process of aging. Yes. But it truly is not. No. No, we are, our brains were meant to function acutely and uh, clearly until the day we died. That's what they were meant to do. That's right. So. You know, and, and as you mentioned, we often see clients, they make an appointment with a nutritionist because they're kind of concerned about getting Alzheimer's disease because they want to do everything possible, especially nutritional things, to protect their brain because they have often witnessed what has happened to their mother or their dad when damage to the brain has occurred. Absolutely. You know? and yeah. You, and you would Devastating. Yes. You know, when you're watching a loved one go to the depth of Alzheimer's, you understand that the mind and the brain are totally dependent on each other. Yes, they are. And, and it's so hard. It was, it's much worse for the, uh, the caregivers uh, of the patient than, the, you know, the patient with Alzheimer's themselves because they, their whole personality changes. You know, their, their mother or their dad or their husband is gone. So you would have to say, you know, like people with later stage Alzheimer's, in fact, do lose their mind, don't they? Right. Exactly. They've lost they, their memory. They've lost their ability to think rationally. And honestly, I, for one, at all costs, want to prevent that. Okay. There. So you do. So what I do is I practice some very careful lifestyle habits. Like I exercise four or five times a week. Because yep. I know that that increases blood flow to my brain. Your little mitochondria are very happy. Yes. And I, I know you feed them coconut oil, too. <laughs> I feed them coconut oil. I cook my uh, vegetables. I eat a lot of vegetables in the morning. I eat my organic eggs in the morning. I do all the things that help to support that, you know. And I bet a lot of people out there don't know that eggs actually do support our brain. Mm-hmm. They have wonderful omega-3 fatty acids in the yolk, DHA, that feeds our brain and full of B vitamins, brain food. Brain food, yes. Choline, DHA, all kinds of things that are in that egg yolk. Yeah. So I also, later in the show, I want to alert you to stay tuned because we have a special guest coming on after our first break. Her name is Jill Escher, and she's going to join us, and she's going to share information about how she's helped to get October set aside as Sugar Addiction Awareness Month. And so she's joining Love it. Yes. That's great. She's going to join us by phone from California. And she actually has a book, and it's kind of the subtitle of the book is A Sugar Addict's Guide to Easy Weight Loss. And she's going to explain more of that after our first break. 
And we know, don't we, Wendy, that there is a sugar connection to Alzheimer's disease. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I certainly understand how addictive sugar is. I mean, I lived that most of my life. And I also know the, and can see the connection to memory problems. I mean, all we have to do is look at uh, kids after they come home with their Halloween basket, right? Oh, yes. It's like bouncing off the walls. But as we get older, we have a natural, slower flow of blood to our brain. And brain activity levels actually slow down as mm-hmm. we age. Uh, food and exercise can actually be your very best medicine, or frankly, it can be our worst enemy. Have you ever stood in a Super America or Holiday Convenience Store? I hate going in there. I'm so glad I can pay my gas at the pump now. See all those donuts. Uh, but in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, and observed what food is being bought. It is the typical Western diet of bad fats, excessive sugar, and salt. Cans and bottles of Mountain Dew. You know, they now have those great big 44-ounce. Oh, yes. Uh, I saw a 64-ounce one that you can fill your pop, uh, you know, for the day. 64 ounces of pop, Mountain Dew. Little Debbie's. Those things still around? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. There's a, a whole counter of them in every <laughs> in every gas station. Nacho chips and cheese. And, and it is not real cheese, is it's it? It's not real cheese. <laughs> it's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Microwave sandwiches. Oh, yes. And candy bars. I think this falls under the category of not a good idea. What do you think? <laughs> I think so. All these foods promote inflammation and have been associated with depression, ADD, Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and obesity. So the people that are eating breakfast at their Super America or Holiday Convenience Store or picking up their breakfast, they're really promoting brain inflammation, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, we should stand there and talk to some of these people. Like I had I had a class um, participant yesterday and she said that uh, she had bought donuts for all the people at work because it was her turn. Yeah. And she she got on the the overhead uh, speaker and said, "Come in and get your twenty four teaspoons of sugar." <laughs> and she said, "Hardly anybody ate a donut that day, so we should stand in front of that pop machine, going, you're filling that with seventeen teaspoons of sugar." So." Dar, it's already time for a break. Okay. <laughs> you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Even your blood sugar levels matter to the health of your brain. If you have diabetes, take it very seriously because, again, a recent study linked high blood sugar levels to brain dysfunction. This study found that higher blood sugar is associated with type 2 diabetes and increases the risk of stroke. With 39% of our population now pre-diabetic or diabetic, we can see why there's an increase in Alzheimer's disease. If you have questions for us today, uh, give us a call. We'd love you to join our conversation, 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. 
Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. research about how high blood sugar is harmful to the brain. So let me encourage you to sign up for one of our Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic classes. This class is being taught Tuesday night, October 25th in St. Paul, and on Friday morning from 10 to 12, also in St. Paul. And the cost for this class, this two-hour class, is only $25.00. And you can bring a friend or a family member for free. Isn't that wonderful? So to do that, go to Weight and Wellness to sign up, or you can call 651-699-3438, and it's a great class. It is, a, right. It is. Even if you have no worry, you will learn so much about avoiding diabetes or high blood sugars. Or Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's or dementia, which is yeah. our topic today. So, you know, I promised before earlier in the show that we would have an author Jill Escher joining us this morning from California to share her passion about creating awareness about sugar addiction and I think Jill are you on the line good morning to you hello Dar hello Wendy hi Jill hi so Jill tell listeners your personal story about sugar addiction and how you came to write your book sure um well uh, it it ha- started last year, and I ran into a friend of mine who had dropped 70 pounds. And I looked at her and thought, that was an absolute miracle. I had never met anybody who lost that much weight. And she said, well, you know, it was really easy. It was really not a problem at all. I eat three meals a day. I don't eat um, any sugar or white flour, and, um, you know, she's kind of shrugging her shoulders like, eh, it was not a problem. And I thought, that's amazing. How could she do it? And as she was telling me her story, we were at a, at a function at a convention, I reached over to a bowl that was behind her filled with candy, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I really want this candy, and I started unwrapping the candy almost against my will as she was telling me the story about you know, not eating sugar anymore. And I, it, it occurred to me over a series of events that I described in the book that I was really eating sugar against my will and that I was compulsively eating sugar and that every single day for the past several decades, I'm 46 now, I had been eating sugar even though I didn't want to, even though I wanted to drop anywhere from, tur- from 20 to 35 pounds. I had always been a little overweight. Um, and I went to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting, which I, is something I never thought I would do. But I went to one, and at these meetings, people tell their stories. And I realized, wait, I'm not the only one with a sugar addiction. No, you're no, not. No, you're not. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to those meetings. 
Yeah, and they people tell their stories, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. <laughs> and I really realized, well, I'm like an alcoholic with this white stuff. And yep. it's, just a, it's not something that happened in a, in a day. It's not like my doctor came in and diagnosed me. I wish he had. Um, it was something that unfolded over time, and I realized this isn't just something I liked. It wasn't a sweet tooth. This was a serious chemical addiction, and I studied it, and I studied, and I read all the recent research, and all the recent research supports the idea that this is a real addiction. Um, and that it can be overcome, you know, like other addictions, but nevertheless, it has a strong biological basis. So I wrote my book. Would you, would you say that again, Jill? It has a strong biological basis because don't you think a lot of people like us, um, uh, you know, we put ourselves down, we judge ourselves for lack of willpower, no self-discipline, you know, and we almost become depressed about this whole thing. Not that sugar doesn't help us right along with the depression, but... Well, you just told my life story. That's exactly right. I, I always thought that I lacked willpower. I always thought that I was somehow less blessed, right, than, than other people who were naturally thin. I always had to fight this weight. Right. And I found, indeed, you know, I just have a, an intolerance to these refined carbohydrates. A biochemical um, imbalance. About, right. Absolutely. And when my friend said, you know, it was easy. I lost these 70 pounds. I don't eat, you know, this junk food anymore. I realized, you know, after a while, it was easy for her because she had reclaimed her biochemistry. And uh -huh. it's hard for a traditional dieter, you know, someone who's counting calories and trying to exercise it off or whatever, um, it's because they're not reclaiming their biochemistry. They're just and reducing calories. Yeah, they're yes. just reducing calories. Yes. I like that phrase, reclaiming your biochemistry. <laughs> yes. yes. That's, that's great. <laughs> so basically, I, I wrote my book, and my friends were curious, and um, it basically tells how do you reclaim your biochemistry. And it's very much what you guys teach on this show. It's very much about eating um, real, very nourishing foods and getting rid of the foods that can really hijack um, our our. our our other systems and, and cause this dependence. And it does feel like a hijack, doesn't it? You know, like I, I can relate to having that piece of candy and or uh, this total unconscious. You know, there you are with the uh, uh, crumbs of the donut. Well, I'm it's like, how in the world did that happen? So now, and Wendy, who ate it? <laughs> so, Wendy, I've, I've heard about a story that goes around the office about. I think it was a pineapple pie. It was a cherry pie. Oh, it was a cherry it pie. It was a cherry pie. And I had been working with Dar for, um, you know, three years, totally abstinent from sugar. And every time I go home, now my mom has uh, three pies made before breakfast and probably a batch of cookies. You know, so you go home, she would stare at my plate, you know, like, aren't you going to eat this? Aren't you going to eat it? Three years. Three years I ate. No sugar. No sugar. I, even though she made me her award-winning, her purple uh, ribbon um, uh, cake that she makes, the um, angel food cake, you can't my favorite, <laughs> the angel food. I mean, I don't eat it anymore, you know, right. But anyway, so, so, and I, I didn't eat that. And then my dad and I went out to the farm and we picked all the cherries off the cherry tree, pitted them all, and she, of course, made a cherry pie mm -hmm. and laid the guilt trip on me. Wendy, how could you possibly, your father's going to be so disappointed if you don't eat this pie. So I had a little one and a half inch 
one inch, probably one inch is about, yeah, one inch piece. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that can't hurt. It yeah. took me three and a half months to get back on my program. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So this is a strong sugar addiction. Yes. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, I, I look back and I'm, I'm mystified at, at myself for not realizing that I had this addiction. Yeah. But you have to look at this world and see, and see that, you know, doctors don't diagnose it. You know, you don't hear it in the mainstream media, although you're beginning to. You, know, you don't hear it, you know, from the government, you know, in their dietary, you know, approach and guidelines. You don't hear it from the diabetes community, which is very surprising. Yes, right. it is. Right. And, um, you know, that's why, um, working with some other volunteers, we started um, Sugar Addiction Awareness Day because we believe everybody has the right to know that this is a real, you know, serious medical issue. That's great. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, and, um, and so it's growing. It, this is our first year, and um, the, the, the actual day is October 30th, the day before Halloween. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a great day to have a <laughs> Sugar Addiction Awareness Day, don't you think? So, yeah, a little reminder before you, you know, dump all that sugar in your <laughs> kids' bodies. Mm-hmm. So, Jill, um, have you made any progress or, you know, as far as I know, you can't go into your to treatment for sugar addiction or insurance it's not it's not on our uh, insurance codes either no is it so is anybody covering sugar addiction treatment or anything like that or yeah are we still working on that one well i guess i have a two-part answer to that question the first part is um most of the treatments that are available now are either free, something like Overeaters Anonymous. Right. Or which is a great like place which, to go. Which is what? I'm sorry. A great place for people to go. It, it right? is. It's very inspirational. Yes, mm-hmm. it very is. Very inspirational. I think a lot of people don't need that whole 12-step process, mm-hmm. but um, a super organization. I definitely recommend it. Um, and then what, what you guys do is phenomenal. Yes. Um, you we do. think so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I told Dar, I, I wish you were in all 50 states because your, your services are very badly needed. So, and um, I, I, to say that, that your services aren't covered under insurance, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an insurance expert. Right. Um, but I will say that under the current um, DSM-4, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, um, used by Jill, and Jill, yes? I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, hold on the line. Um, get in the signal. We need a break. Oh, okay. okay. So hold that thought, will you? You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition starting next week, Tuesday, October 25th. Nutritional Weight and Wellness will begin a new 12-week series of classes called Nutrition for Weight Loss. Tuesday night class is in North Oaks and Lakeville. Wednesday night class is in St. Paul. Thursday night class, Wyzetta. Saturday afternoon, October 29th in North Oaks. Lots of classes, and we definitely talk about sugar addiction there, don't we? We do. Here's a comment from a class member who just finished the series. I didn't know I was so low in my energy until my energy level skyrocketed after changing my eating habits. By the way, she also lost weight. To sign up, go to weightandwellness.com or call our office 651 699-3438. We'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before break, Wendy talked about our Nutrition for Weight Loss series of classes. 
And I just wanted to read a comment from another class member who just finished the class. This is what she said. I came to the class to cure my eczema, or eczema if you want to say it that way. I got that and much more. 15 pounds gone. Three dress sizes. Can you believe that? Three dress sizes. And I feel much better. Real food really works. If you have questions today, uh, give us a call at 651-641-1071. And we have Jill on the line talking about Sugar, Sugar Addiction Day and Addiction. That's Are you still there, Jill? I am here. Hi. Hi yeah, there. let's go back to that uh, thought that you were sharing right, that I had to interrupt for break. Oh, yeah. Um, you had asked about um, you know, whether or not you know, this is a clinical disorder that could be covered by insurance in some way. Right. And I have to tell you, my, my feeling is, again, not being an insurance expert, um, that if you look at just the current criteria for substance dependence, that sugar addiction fits in quite perfectly. And, and you can look it up um, on you know, Google. Just type in um, DSM and then substance dependence, and you'll, you'll find it pop up in several places. And it's basically seven criteria. And if you meet three of those criteria, it warrants a diagnosis for substance dependence, in this case, you know, on, on sugar. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's um, very interesting. I, I have heard of some clinicians um, using this. But okay. it, is, it is not standard practice to do that. I mean, they use, they use it for alcohol. They use it for street drugs. They yes. For cigarettes. Um, but um, it, it's not that common yet. But I, I think it should be because... Well, you know, you're cre- you're creating a, you've created awareness of this problem, and I think that's great. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Yes. I wish I would have had your book and known about this day 35 years ago. You know, it would have been great. So, so I, I just really want to applaud what you're up to, Jill. So, Jill, how can people find your book, first of all? Okay. Well, my book has a silly title. Um, it's called Farewell Club Permachub, A Sugar Addict's Guide to Easy Weight Loss. I like the last part. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of debate over the title. Um, and uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can just type in my name, Jill Escher, spelled like the artist, E-S-C-H-E-R. Okay. And then you can find um, Sugar Addiction Awareness Day just by typing in sugaraddictionawarenessday.org, and it will take you to the website. And that website is packed with information, um, you know, uh, frequently asked questions, a great list of resources, a whole bunch of books. Um, about sugar addiction, and um, you can spend some time exploring all the resources on that site. That's great. So, and da- Dar, you're doing your part here. Yes, I am. You know, Jill, because of this Sugar Awareness Addiction Day, uh, I was invited to be on Channel 9 on October 30th. That's a Sunday, you know, at 9.15, and we're going to be talking about Sugar Awareness Day and how we actually help people overcome their addiction. So, Thank you for Isn't that. Isn't that fabulous? And yes, I'm going to get a sign and go down to Super America <laughs> and let everybody know. Yeah. I'm going to stand right in front. YouTube. Let everybody know how many teaspoons of sugar they're buying. <laughs> right. But, Joel, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And, you know, we've got our topic on Alzheimer's. So we know that there's a big connection between sugar, excess amounts of sugar, and no damage to the brain, and we appreciate you being on this morning with us. 
and getting Thank up so early much. and getting up so early. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> no problem. Okay, thanks, Jill. All right. Okay. Bye bye. So wow, that is so awesome. Right. It's just really wonderful. Sugar Addiction Awareness Day. So you know what we're trying to really do here is tell people and help people make better food choices. Because if you do, you're going to have more energy, better focus, better memory, better moods, and really a much lower risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. It all goes back to food matters, doesn't it? Food does matter. Absolutely. Food matters. And I don't think people realize how harmful sugar is uh, on our brain. Really, I don't think that it so. can cause memory issues. It can cause depression. It can certainly increase our symptoms of ADD. So, a recent study published in Nature Obesity found that as your weight goes up, mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody's listening. This is really <laughs> profound. As your weight goes up, the function of your prefrontal cortex goes down. So, what is that? That is the part of your brain that basically thinks, tells you what to do, what not to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Very important part of your brain. The prefrontal cortex is considered the thoughtful part of our brain. Another way to think about your brain is size matters. I love that. (laughs) The larger your waist becomes, the smaller your brain is. A small brain is not good. As the obesity numbers go up, according to this study, the number of people with Alzheimer's disease will also go up. And, you know, Wendy, this is really serious. The number of people with Alzheimer's disease is expected to jump from, currently it is about 5 million people. And they're looking at by 2050, not very long from now, it's going to go up to 13.5 million people. Wow. More than, way more than doubling and we and you know just think of the cost of caring for patients just think of the cost of caring i mean it's going to go up to a 1 trillion dollars by 2050 and you know that's they, a lot of money that's a lot of money and you know if we just change some things so the average cost to a family mm-hmm. that has a member with alzheimer's is a couple of hundred thousand maybe 400,000 600,000 and that's kind of over like an eight to ten year course of the illness. So, and I think that's really conservative. I think that's extremely conservative. Yeah, exactly. When you look at the cost of uh, nursing home care or in home care, right. or and just know. think, Wendy, just think about this: how many, how this money could be spent on nutritional classes or exercise classes or consultations? What we couldn't do with the trillion dollars, Star. I think we could be in all 50 states with Jill right behind us, and then we could have a Sugar Aware Addiction Awareness Day every day. Because food matters, you know? Food matters, yes. Those innocent breakfasts of Mountain Dew and Little Debbie's matters. Yes, it does. And I believe the school breakfast meals of cereal, juice, chocolate milk, and French toast, which we know is all sugar and bad fats, certainly are not good for our kids' brains. I mean, terrible. Yeah. So, you know, we really, honestly, we can't keep waiting to change our eating habits until we have symptoms. Yeah, our brains can't wait, can they? Because it's often too late. You know, isn't, it's like, 
this disease starts 30 years before, before we, people right. have symptoms. Right. And usually people are in the second or third stage of Alzheimer's disease before they're, they're even diagnosed. You know, so... Again, don't wait for those memory lapses. Let's start taking care of our brains now. Yes. So what do we need to know and practice to keep our brain tissue healthy and avoid Alzheimer's disease? So should we save that until we come back from break? I suppose sure. we need to do that. Absolutely. Right. Now. Right. Good job. <laughs> so you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I just want to mention a digestion class Angela is teaching. She's one of my favorites. She's teaching that Monday night, October 24th in North Oaks. This class is called Gut Reaction. I will, te- uh, and Angela is going to teach this, and she's going to help you get rid of your heartburn. Oh, so important. Without medication, how to clear up constipation, diarrhea, that wonderful uh, diagnosis we have out there called irritable bowel syndrome. So if you know anybody that has any of those things, uh, call this number, 651-699-3438, and sign up for our gut reaction class. Again, that's Monday night, October 24th in North Oaks. And if you want to join our conversation about Alzheimer's, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. Ending your sugar addiction. We're going to be talking more about sugar next week. And Tamara and I will be in Chicago speaking to the Brain Injury Association about the importance of good nutrition, especially good fats for brain health. And then I will be back Sunday to be on Channel 9 for Sugar Sugar Addiction Addiction Awareness Awareness Day. Day. Isn't that great? And we had several calls asking about uh, uh, Jill and the title of her book. Her name is Jill Escher, E-S-C-H-E-R. So Google that. The name of her book, A Sugar Addiction's Guide to Easy Weight Loss. And you can also find her by Googling in Sugar Addiction Awareness Day, October 30th. So great having her on the show. And everybody out there, let's learn as much as we can about sugar addiction. We have a caller on the line that wants to know about uh, Diet Pop. Okay, let's take that caller. Elizabeth? Yes. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question for us? Yes, um, I've been diagnosed as pre-diabetic, and I joined Weight Watchers a day or two after I was given a diagnosis, and I've lost 10 pounds. Um, one of the things I've also noticed is that um, uh, I do feel better. I'm glad I've done this. I'm concerned about how to lose the diet pop thing because I know it's going to affect my brain. Yes, you're right. Uh, but... I would really appreciate it when you do this um, uh, information sharing about sugar that you include Diet Pop because I don't know how to get off of it. It's really hard. I think that's harder to get off of than sugar. I know sugar is insidious, but I think it's much harder. When you and Kate do the show next week, let's do that. Okay. Make make sure you put in steps on how to get off of regular pop and Diet Pop. Okay, and we'll we'll cover it and, next week. And Elizabeth, you're absolutely right. I mean, diet pop is extremely addictive. So, yes, thank you for pointing that out for us. And and I hope you're listening to the show next week. We'll cover that uh, thoroughly then. Okay. May I say one, I say one more thing? Absolutely. 
Yes. Um, I really encourage anyone who is working through this stuff to not do it as a I have to do it right now type of thing because withdrawal is horrible and it makes it worse and then you gain more weight and you feel even worse about yourself. Yeah, but so what I'm doing is doing a slow withdrawal of and different that, things. You know, and that works right. for some people, but it doesn't work for everyone. I know. So, I just had to say it because it, I felt it's important for some people who want to abs- jump off the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Many of us want to jump off the bridge. I also think, Elizabeth, it would be a really good idea. and We can, uh, you know, we'll address it on the show, but you could also get a lot more help if you called our office and talked to someone or signed up for a and consultation. That would be a great idea for you because you do it? need help with that diet pop. Who is it that I call, please? Oh, yeah. Call our Weight and Wellness mm-hmm. at 651 699 Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for your call. You're welcome. Doesn't this time go fast, Dar? It goes too fast. Yeah. So we were talking, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, what can you do, what can we put in practice on a daily basis to keep our brain tissues healthy and avoid Alzheimer's disease? Well, hey, how about if we do this? Let's just prevent, pretend for a minute okay, that you could hinge open a person's skull. Oh, all right. And look inside. I can do that. Yep. Especially if it is a brain with Alzheimer's disease. And what would Not going to be a pretty picture, is it? Lots of holes. That's what we would it's see. It's going to be small. It's going to be pulled away from uh, the bone because it's going to be at what we call atrophied, which is it just shrinks. Yes. And then it's going to have holes in it, absolutely. So actually, Alzheimer's disease starts 30 years before people have symptoms. So rather than wait for symptoms, it's now really it's time to make changes to your nutrition. So and now, we, now, not wait. And as your weight goes up, your brain go, size goes down, which means, guess what? Your thinking and reasoning and ability also goes down. And I would also say your ability to make a good choice on food it, yes. goes down. So here's another interesting fact that people are not wanting to hear. I know. People who drink alcohol every day have smaller brains. Ah. And a glass or two of wine daily increases your risk of getting breast cancer for women by 50%. Or did you know that two glasses of wine daily, your weight will increase by 21 pounds, but your brain size will decrease? So as your weight goes up, your brain goes down. So we could say as the belly gets bigger... The brain, brain gets smaller. Gets smaller. <laughs> and I say, not a good idea. <laughs> I like to think of food and beverage as very simply for brain health. If you put high-quality energy in, good food balanced with quality protein, vegetable carbohydrates, and good fat, you will have high-quality energy going out. Or you will be able to remember appointments, remember to take your medications, supplements, have good word recall and make good decisions such as what foods to eat and what foods to buy. And, you know, I do it very, very simply. Personally, I say to myself, is this good? Is this food good for my brain or is it bad for my brain? Would I drink a soda? No. No. Bad Not for my a brain. good idea. Bad for my brain. Would I drink filtered water? Yes. Good for my brain. Because I know my brain needs to be hydrated. 
Dehydration is bad for the brain. Water. I mean, these are such simple things. They are, aren't they? Water helps to optimize brain flow to the brain, and it transports oxygen and nutrients to the cells. But too much coffee, too much soda, diuretic medications, all dehydrate, which, again, is bad for the brain. So coffee and soda, not a good idea. So what steps can we do, can you do today to prevent or postpone the terrible effects of Alzheimer's disease? Today, a good goal should be balanced eating several times a day to prevent diabetes. Maintain good blood sugar. If you don't know how to do it, take our class, Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic. Very, very key and important class. Stop drinking soda and start drinking pure filtered water. Exercise daily to increase blood flow to the brain. Eat eggs from grass-fed chickens or take an omega-3 fatty acid. That's a fish oil. DHA, which again comes from algae. It feeds our brain. Uh, Fatty acid and choline. All of this you get from an egg. An egg. A good egg. You know, limit alcohol. From a happy chicken. Yes. (laughs) Limit alcohol to once or twice a week. And limit drinks when you do that to one or two, not a whole bunch at one time. (laughs) It damages the brain. It does. I mean, all you have to do is look at someone that, and I think most of us have seen someone that's had too much to drink. Probably we have. (laughs) And, you know, your brain, it doesn't function well, does it? Let's replace refined oil, such as soybean oil or corn oil, with lovely olive oil, coconut oil, and grass-fed butter. And especially coconut oil. We Yes, do. that great study. So supplement daily with good quality omega-3 fish oil. I mean, just, I take, you know, two to four every, every day just to make sure that my brain has good fat all the time. Absolutely. Supplement daily with some uh, wonderful, good, again, high-quality magnesium glycinate, to support those little cell receptors. And avoid head injuries. Please avoid head injuries. Yes, don't play football. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you do play football, be careful. Yeah. Or, you know, it's more simple, like put helmets on your kids when they're riding bikes. Yeah, that's true. Realize that drugs are extremely damaging to the brain. And I think we're talking, you know. Street drugs? Yeah. Yeah. But we're also talking prescription some, drugs. Some prescription drugs, yeah. You have to be very careful. And I don't know if we are, people are being that careful. And here's one that I think Oh, I like can, this tip. Yes. This is my favorite. Replace M&Ms with blueberries. Excellent. That is so great. <laughs> Another great tip is to choose raw nuts over chips. And remember, the eat, weight and wellness eating plan is good for you. And it's 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 excellent. And it's, it's real food. It's real food. Real food. Thank you for listening today. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.